Hi, I'm Paula, and this is a Contemplative Revolution podcast brought to you by WCCM. In this episode, you're going to listen to the second talk of the series, The Psychological Aspects of the Crisis, by psychotherapist Claudia Nielsen. This is part of the Contemplative Path through the Crisis Program by WCCM. In, in, the, uh, in our last uh, conversation, you spoke about the importance of uh, setting up a routine in the kind of life that most people are living today under these restrictions, and also the importance of learning to meditate, even if you've never meditated before, as a way of, um, of, of taking the opportunity to go inwards and find that empowerment that you, you were talking about. I wanted to ask you what advice you would give to people about doing this, starting to meditate in a time where they're feeling a lot of stress, maybe feeling claustrophobic, uh, maybe they're experiencing tension or friction with the people they're living with, inevitably, and or maybe they're lonely, maybe they're elderly um, or they're just on their own in a bedsit in quarantine, how, how, would you, how would you see and how would you encourage people to meditate given those kind of situations? Well, I mean, I personally think and also feel that uh, meditation, at least for me, is easier in the morning. Uh, you know, when, when we are a bit fresher and, and so on and uh, so for me it, it, it works best better in the morning and it, it, I, I, I also hear that from other people but this is not something that can be generalized because I think people need to find when it is best for them but one thing that I think is important is expectations I think uh, this question of expectations is an important one because if we set our expectations too high and we don't achieve them, then we feel disappointed and then that works against us. So, you know, if we can't, as far as meditation is concerned, have low expectations. So just meditate for a few minutes, say five minutes, you know, to try and if it is a mantra meditation to, to, to use the mantra for five minutes. And even if the, the mind travels, because it will, because that's the nature of mind, just gently bring it back without reproach and without giving yourself a hard time. Because that is really what we as uh, humans tend to do. You know, we are so uh, well-schooled on guilt that uh, we, we try and do that. So, but if we just take it as normal, the more we do it, the more we will be in control of our mind. And it's a wonderful thing to be in control of our mind because even for practical reasons, you know, whether it is relaxation or whether it is training the attention and being more able to remember where we left the keys, little things like that, you know. I think meditation has got so many positive um, results in day-to-day -day living, life and living. 
So yeah, I would I would suggest that expectations is an important one. Keep the keep the expectations within our limitations, within our possibilities. Mm. And perhaps if people were starting to meditate for the first time under stressful conditions and they found that they were very fidgety and uh, very agitated uh, when they sat down and began to be still and silent, you begin with five or 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, uh, as you say, don't evaluate or judge the meditation, just, just do it, give it time. It takes time, doesn't it, to see the, the fruits and the benefits yeah. appearing. And then gradually you'll probably want to increase the length of time because, uh, because you'll begin to feel the benefits. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Very much so. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if, if um, you found that, if somebody found that they were meditating, but there was just turmoil, just a lot of, to begin with anyway, a lot of agitation, uh, anger maybe, or sadness, yeah. or depression. I mean, how would you how would you recommend that they they handle that? Well, um, yeah, in my work I work with the body, you know, and um, in terms of paying attention to the body. And one of the a good strategy to deal with that is to just feel the feeling in the body, whether it is anger, fear, whatever it is, feelings reside in the body. Thoughts reside in the mind, feelings in the body. And this is also something that people sometimes need to learn. I have come across people who confuse thinking and feeling and learning that feelings reside in the body and starting to be curious about it is, is, is a good thing. And when, you when the person feels those, those feelings of rage, which you know, meditation will bring up because, well, will bring up for those people that have these locked in feelings of rage and anger and fear and so on. Um, I would suggest that the best thing to do is just very quietly with a relaxed body, just focus the attention on the body, noticing it, doing nothing about it, just noticing it almost in a non-attached way and continuing with the mantra or whatever it is that we use for medit meditative practice, but just noticing because it is very, very interesting that we have those feelings. Once we take notice of them, they change and very often they reduce because they are there because they need to call our attention to them. And when we do attend to them, they, there is something that happens, they change. They, 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 very often they, they, they become diffused and then they dissipate. We say, uh, as, as you know, as we, when we teach the mantra, that the mantra is the way of dealing with distractions, not trying to fight the distractions or suppress them, but to take to to, to let go of them, as you were saying just in the in the previous uh, conversation, just to let go. And what you're saying, I think, here is that even if a strong emotion comes up, 
like sadness or anger or restlessness that um, you you can by accepting it, noticing yes. it, you, you then then have to you don't have to solve it. Yes, absolutely, exactly. That's exactly what. Let go of it. Yeah. Don't have to solve it. And the mantra can help help to do that in a very gentle way. So it's it's not about climbing a, a high mountain so much. It's yeah, exactly, absolutely. Yeah. One other thing, uh, just just before we, we we finish this this conversation. Um, many people, as you were saying, might deal with the stress and the claustrophobia of this time of shutdown uh, by developing addictions. So we're all addicted, of course, we're in an addictive society. Um, maybe they're finding that they are getting addicted to, as you say, maybe Netflix or maybe to alcohol or to some other kind of habit that is gives some consolation or some relief or some break and distraction but actually is is, is an unhealthy one because it it, uh, it doesn't really make us feel better how, how would you advise people um, if they notice that this is happening they probably would notice it they're doing something like that too much how would you advise them to deal with that um, the, the beginning of a the nature of, a, of addiction. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that, that, that is a, 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 a tricky one. I mean, addiction is, is a form of, it's an anesthetic, whatever addiction it is that, you know, we are trying to anesthetize something. Um, and uh, in times like this, I imagine that the, the, the pull of something like an addiction in order to anesthetize all the uncertainty and the anxiety that's around is, it can be understandable. But of course, it, it really depends on, on, on the impact that it has on the person. Um, an addiction is a lack of control. So, if, if the person, I mean, there are some very well-developed steps um, that, that some organizations have developed, like since the AA, you know, they have very focused way of dealing with it. It's not for everybody, but, you know, this, this recognition that the addiction is bigger than them. Uh, and, and then to try and regain the control with, um, you know, partners and, and, and other people helping them out of the addiction. So it really depends on the, on the, um, on how, 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 how um, destructive the addiction is being. But it is certainly something that um, needs to be attended to before it takes over. And uh, as we were talking before in the last time about control, to try and be able to control that with that which we can control. And so it's not to let it get out of hand. And once it is out of hand, then you know, then perhaps resorting to, to those organizations who are uh, who have got all the 
the, the training and the resources mm. to help with that. And before maybe going to one of those organizations, if it did become bad, uh, that habit got bad, uh, just talking talking about it with a friend uh, or yeah. someone you trust, someone confidential, um, would would be a way of getting some measure of control. Because it, it requires strategy to let go of, of these habits. And of course, you know, the, the first, you know, habit can become an addiction. And uh, that requires a proper strategy to address it. You know, it becomes, it, it needs to have very focused attention mm. to let go of a habit that is likely or is in danger of becoming an addiction. Let's, let's come back to that uh, on another um, occasion. I, as you know, through the Contemplative Path website, and we are um, setting up as many opportunities for people to meditate uh, with others online. And um, I must say, I've become aware of how strong the connection, we were talking about meditation as a way of connection, and that feeling of connection is very, is very powerful uh, when you're meditating, even online with, with, with others. And in a time like this, when the, the danger is, we feel disconnected, we feel stressed, we feel frightened, out of control, this feeling of friendliness and human companionship at this level of, um, of, of a spiritual journey together uh, seems to me to be a, a very good strategy. Um, would you would you would you see the, the value of that? Absolutely, very much so. I, I think there is nothing that that can replace something like that. The connection with others and feeling a sense of belonging. Absolutely, yeah, very powerful. Well, thank you, Claudia. I think you've given uh, given given us a lot of um, reassurance that, that, that there is a way of understanding this process we're going through and even though we feel we're losing control perhaps it, it, it we can also see it as an opportunity to to make deeper connections with ourselves and and uh, with others um thank you for your encouragement born of a lot of experience and a lot of compassion in, in helping other people uh, over many years i'm sure many of the people who've been listening to this will find it very reassuring and helpful and um we'll we'll come back and have another conversation before too long thank you very much thank you we hope you enjoyed this podcast you can subscribe to the contemplative revolution podcast and listen to your favorite podcast app in the media section of the wccm website wccm.org you can also find a large amount of video and audio content on meditation thanks for listening bye bye